0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, those in between, those outside the gender binary. I hope you have your cake ready. I hope you have a nice drink because it's potting time. Welcome to Waiting for Review. It's potting time, indeed. It's you can time. have your have your cake and please do
1: eat it. Such a strange phrase. <laughs> We're just Why leaving I... Poddington Station. <laughs> <laughs> steady, steady. <laughs> uh, so... It was
0: On Mastodon actually discussion about how people now say pod instead of podcast, and I just love it so much. It is so weirdly cringe, it's fantastic. It just gives me energy. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I'm kinda down with it, to be fair. Yeah, I'm podding. We're on the pod, we're podding. And and honestly, it makes sense actually in a sense of how language shifts and evolves. It does.
0: And it makes me think of like a, a space capsule, you know.
1: Yes. Yes, but we are. Everything green. makes
0: makes me really think about space travel. So, I mean, you're obsessed, thing, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, mate, how are you doing?
1: I'm pretty good, thanks, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it's been ages again since we last spoke. We've been a bit disjointed with uh, with episodes and recording and various other things going on with life. But uh, for the listeners, I think this will come relatively on our usual schedule to be fair so anyway yeah i'm good i'm uh, knee deep in fediverse as seems to be as always these days <laughs> uh and um my app topiary has now properly launched um since we last spoke that that um i was building it i would had some feedback i think the last time we spoke and i was about to launch um that's that's been off and into the ether and people have actually bought it as well which has been fantastic
0: amazing it's always a
1: a good test of a new app
0: so let me see if i can describe topiary Um, from what i understand and i've tried it out uh, topiary is a tiny app that helps you prune and generally manage the people who follow you and the people you follow on the Fediverse, specifically Mastodon, but basically everything that uh, Toot SDK supports. That's right.
1: That's right. So it's been the proof of of making Toot SDK, if you like, for me. So Mm -hmm. I, I wanted something that I could just hack away on that was not as involved as building a full client. And then I had an actual use case for this, which is that, um, successive waves of people coming over from twitter to the fediverse and mastodon um mm-hmm. haven't always worked out for everybody right people have hit it um played around and then decided it's not for them and that's fair enough but then you know it's been a few months and i realize i'm following a bunch of what are effectively dead accounts and that just to me that that feels like something i don't want to be part of right that i'm i'm following my following number or following list of people is sort of potholed with accounts that don't really post. Um, It doesn't really matter. Like you could ignore them, Mm -hmm. you know, or they might come back. But for me, I was looking and going, well, can I see who's inactive and can I filter that? And so before I knew it, I was making an app (laughs) and um, that's, that's where Topiary comes in. So Topiary means, if anybody's wondering, it's the process of, pruning a bush or a tree into a special shape yeah
0: you know when you see those even a bonsai
1: yeah yeah um and my surname is wood so there's almost a connection there
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh i didn't make the connection before
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i've been been debating like do my apps all fall under this theme and is it some sort of cheesy thing that links them all together um that, that could be the case as I release future things but <laughs> <laughs> so to describe it from my view to a, to a potential user it's a case of you can sign in with your Fediverse account your Mastodon account or whatever um, it will then load all the people you follow um, and all the people who follow you because that doesn't always work both ways um, adds it into its own store and then presents that information back to you in a way that lets you browse all of the okay. accounts. Um, for the first sort of version 1.0, the main thing it focused on was the people you follow and being able to split them based on posting activity. So, um, sort them by either everybody um, or by people who've posted in the last 30 days or by people we have no record of any post for whatsoever. Um, and that lets you then go down, you can look through people, you can click their profiles, see a bit more about them, you know, see their actual profile information. Um, and you can make the choice then as to whether to unfollow them or what. And if you unfollow them, then they get put in a unfollowing list and you can go through and you can refollow people if you've made a mistake. Um, or you can clear them out of that and say, Hey, I'm done. And, and that's kind of it for version one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's, that's in the app store right now. And I want to talk a bit about the release process in a minute, actually, because I tested myself on a couple of things with, with that this time round, but, um, my headspace for the app at the moment is very much on that next version. So I shipped it, got it out there. Um, it's had pretty decent reception. I've had a lot of people, um, pay for the in-app purchase to update. If you update to sort of the pro version, then, it does a couple of things you it turns off adverts because i display adverts in the feed of people that it shows um and we can and we'll talk about that in a well, second yeah, as well in, in yeah because they're not proper ads you're showing yeah um but you, you you've got your list of people there you can there's adverts in that feed and if you update to pro they get removed you also get some bonuses for being a, a pro user you get um the ability to change the theme of the app between a few different colors, um, and everything updates really nicely and fluidly when you do that, and um, it's quite satisfying. You get a little little uh,
0: haptic feedback as you change the theme as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it looks really cool to me. Thank like, you. I, I very much like it. By the way, did I make that feature request before? Um, filter by people I follow that don't follow me back.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. I'll t- that that's where my head's at for version one point one actually mm-hmm. um so the next release um it's going to show you everything split between either mutuals, so you mm-hmm. both follow each other um followers are so people who follow you but you don't follow back and following, which is the inverse of that so people you follow but don't follow you back um and that's a bit of a mouthful, but when you play with it, it becomes very obvious uh and then from there that that's a much more useful split overall it means it needs to load a bit more data um but that's that's fine and i have updated it as well to be using a database underneath instead of using a an object store through boutique boutique's lovely by the way boutique is really really good for a very quick and simple object store Mm -hmm. uh but I'm now in that territory where I need to do some more complicated things with the data and I reach straight for a a library called GRDB. um, Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're using it in the company I work for during the day. And um, the more I come across it, the more I love it. So it was a case of like, okay, if I'm going to go for a database, that's what I'm reaching for. Um, And by the way, Boutique, has a database layer. It's got SQL SQLite underneath, and there's a lot of ways of working with it. But I, I hit a couple of limits mm-hmm. um, just in terms of how I was querying the data that made me want
0: something a bit more database-y. Um, right. Yeah. Have you, have you considered um, um, uh, Marco Arment has a new database layer, I think, Blackbird? Uh,
1: yeah. I wanted something tried and true, to be honest, yeah, and, 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 and GRDB kind of hit me like that. Also, the author of GRDB um, interacted with me a few weeks ago
0: on the Fediverse, and I was like, ooh,
1: you've see, seen something <laughs> I've
0: done." Um, yeah, that's cool. Also, I I kind of dislike the fact that this is named after military hardware. Oh, sorry. What what is that? Like, um, uh, the Blackbird Library is named after the is it the B fifty two like the, oh yeah yeah, the yeah stealth bomber basically yes, and yes. I'm like ah. It feels a mm-hmm. bit, you know, like maybe if you're American, maybe it feels different. But if you're not American, it feels a bit iffy.
1: Yeah. 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 Sometimes these, these names don't translate that well um, across. I hadn't thought about that. I just thought of the bird itself rather than the
0: plane. <laughs> no. Like, and if you listen to, to ATP, like, it's very yep. obvious that he, he named it this because he saw a YouTube video or something or he's just really into the the tech of mm-hmm. the – The aircraft, which I can understand, but still it's, uh, it's military.
1: It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, for anybody wondering what on earth a Blackbird jet looks like, if you ever saw the X-Men cartoon in the nineties or the films, that's what they fly in actually. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't,
0: didn't didn't ever see that.
1: Yeah. 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 So to me, it'll always look like the X-Men's jet, and I'll have sort of fond memories of that, but, uh, I digress. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i i did kind of drag you off your um your, your that's trajectory
1: fine. that's fine I, I, so i was knee deep in sort of verbally describing where the app's <laughs> going next but the the so um,
0: you wanted to talk about the release process i think
1: yeah so the release process was was fun i a few things i'm trying to do when i release a new app i'm trying to have a system for setting up a website so i'm using a Uh, somebody made a, um, Jekyll based template for an app website and it's brilliant. You, you have a YAML file, you configure the app ID, um, like the, the ID number of the app from the app store, um, and then put in the text you want to show for a few sections and, um, a few other bits and bobs and it creates this site for you. You can generate this static site from it. And it's cool because it directly links the things like the app icon um, straight from the app store. So it's kind of a living site in that sense. If I change the icon or anything in the app store, the site changes too. Um, And it it handles everything like that little thing of of, um, if you've got the app installed, then you can see an open app um, overlay at the top on Safari on iOS, or you can see an installer from there. It does, everything really quickly you know i had a site up and running from it within like 10 minutes because i used it before for my previous app um, i know
0: i know yeah that's cool which uh, which color scheme did you go with i didn't even see the site actually oh
1: uh, it's, it's it's got a green sort of color scheme uh, and of, the same of course sort of, and the icon yeah, is green as well right that's right yeah so it's all about this sort of green thing this tree thing and um yeah so that that sped that up and i i i I'm not registering domains for new apps anymore. That seems like a a path towards just having lots of domain names um, that get cluttered up. Um, So everything is just hung off of lightbeamapps.com slash whatever the app name is. Um, That makes sense. So that was up and running real quick. Um, So that's cool. And then the other thing that was new for me is I've made screenshots for years using um ui tests and just automating mm-hmm. the production of them and then having a script based on a blog post you wrote actually daniel um have a script I'll that goes put a, through put a link in the show notes. yeah, it's on, yeah.
0: My, it's on my old blog that no one really reads <laughs> um but that that one uh that one articles is just uh it's, it's a good one
1: It is, it is, and I come back to it often for this sort of stuff. But um, I have a script that goes through and runs all the UI tests through that mechanism to go and generate all the screenshots um, for all the different sizes. And it's good because, you know, you can feed the different types of device through and get all the sizes of screenshots that the App Store asks for. But those screenshots can just be a bit dull, right? They're literally Mm -hmm. just views inside the app, and I wanted... Framed screenshots showing the device inside of a, a real device frame and with headers over the top with text and a gradient of background and blah blah blah. I wanted to make it look nice and sort of slick. So, this time around, what I did is I started a Figma board, I went through a process of figuring things out. So, I hadn't actually realized, and I should have realized this is something I really should have known but I hadn't realized that the big deal with screenshots is not that they are literally showing the right sort of thing for that device mm. as such and matching the device that you're looking on, but it's that they match the resolution that the device wants to display. Right. That, right. So doing literally all of these screenshots at literally the right device for the size that's being asked for, that's fine. That works. Um, But then when it came down to showing a device in a frame, I didn't need to do that. So I picked one device, um, and I picked the iPhone 14 Pro Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to display for everybody. And I I essentially had this process where I made an asset and Figma from it. Um, I then made an asset of the phone for each one of the screenshots I wanted. I pulled the screenshot from the iPhone 14 Pro into that. Um, and then I was able to make uh, different slices, That uh, slices is a Figma term, but different areas of content um, that are the screenshots. And I did one size, put my text in, put my backgrounds in, put my assets in to make it all nice. And then I just duplicated and resized for all the other different um, resolutions that Apple asked for um, and made sure everything was centered. But but what it meant was that if I change those screenshots um, inside of the app frame, then I just need to change the asset and everything else changes and I can just re-export them and I don't have a lot of editing to do. Right. So the end result of that is my screenshots for this app are probably the best out of any app I've put sort of into the app store myself. And... I'm I'm really happy with them actually. I need to go back and do the same for GoVJ and I guess eventually for my, my video to audio converter. Um so my other apps. But uh yeah, it was an interesting process and I'm a little bit more proficient with Figma now because of it. And that's definitely gonna be what I do in the future. So yeah, that that was a lot of learning um just to sort of make sure that I was working with Figma in the right way um and uh screenshots are good app is good uh, like the app yeah. website was good um Fantastic. I actually got through app store review for the first time without any hitches for a brand new app like Ooh, first very try. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah.
0: Congrats. Anyway, I'm 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 going to look at the screenshots. <laughs> uh and when i open the app store the first thing it does is like hey do you want to get three months uh apple fitness for free oh and i'm like wait 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 i have what is the thing where you pay apple and you get everything i have that mm-hmm. apple one yeah, maybe I yeah don't know. why are you advertising to me and i'm like well, okay why so now i click no thank you and then it says hey you have a new apple watch do you want to have three months of fitness with that thing. And I'm like, no, I want to use the App Store. Come on.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, they're getting a but, bit uh, bit trigger happy with the So, Topiary and...
0: is actually, if you search for Topiary, it's actually is the second result. So, that's really good. Okay, cool. Cool.
1: Bill um, thinks probably something about trimming trees, you
0: know? <laughs> no, the other two are like one of those idle games, basically.
1: Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: um Yeah, I love the screenshots. They're very pretty and they're very helpful. I
1: like them. Thank you, I mean, you know they're screenshots they 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 do what they need to do, but they're they're just a little bit nicer than what I was doing before, so yeah i'm I'm very pleased with that did uh, you, um
0: did you select specific accounts to show, or are <laughs> they just accounts that that you follow?
1: Well, that was something else that I had fun with with the app um they don't mm-hmm. exist, they're completely fictitious the the accounts huh. that show uh and I actually, instead of stealing other people's profile pictures or anything like that, I used um, thispersondoesnotexist.com and oh, uh, nice. Dali, I think, or one of the other ones. It might have been mid-journey. I can't remember now. But I, I generated um, fake people faces.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, and of course, it says usage data is not linked to you because I assume that you're using telemetry data.
1: Exactly. Any,
0: because it says usage data, so that's why I'm like, okay, you're probably yes. actually collecting usage data.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. So, I've I've gone straight in using telemetry deck from day one. Uh in to be honest with you, I've not sort of splunked the uh, data yet and had much of a look around. I've I've been gathering um some obvious bits, some typical bits that I like to gather like first launches and things like that. So that gives me a, a heads up before the app store updates in terms of people installing the app. Um, but I haven't gotten into any sort of nitty gritty of, um, of funnels or anything like that with it. Like I've set them up, but you know, it's early days. Um, and that picture of sort of volume, if you like, isn't really there yet for me. Like plenty of people have downloaded it and bought it, but like I say, it's, it's, it's there, it's doing its thing. And this is cool. Uh, But I I, I know that I'll be using it in the future for decision-making, and that actually probably will link up with something that I think we can talk about, about telemetry deck.
0: Telemetry deck. Uh, (laughs) There's still exactly one podcast that we're sponsoring, which is this obscure (laughs) Formula One podcast, and... I assume no one who listens to this podcast knows, knows who we are, but I just love who, how the, the, one of the hosts, he has like a really nice voice and he, he always reads it like telemetrydeck.com. And I'm like, Oh, hmm, worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have a, um, I have a question about, uh, the Fediverse. Go for it. Which we might. Um, I'm just going to drag up from the from the show notes a little bit. What the heck is a calc key? Oh, good question. Because like half of my feed has been talking about calc key, and mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, yeah, I could probably find out, but it's yep. more fun to ask you. <laughs> okay, so the very quick version
1: is that calc key is uh, a different type of Fediverse server. So they're all, like, Mastodon is a server type, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's other ones. There's one's called uh, Pleroma and Acoma. And they have various different open source lineages that I'm not going to go into on the show. Different forkings. It's worse,
0: and, it's worse than the Linuxes.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's sometimes a bit of associated drama with with each split <laughs> as well. So. Not my circus. Like we've we've um, definitely
0: transplanted this Twitter drama over to um to um, Mastodon or the Fetty a little
1: rest. bit, a little <laughs> bit. Um, but Calkey is a new one. Uh, it's been around for a while, but it's new in a sense of people are really sort of starting to get into it and discover it. And it differs from Mastodon for me in a sense of it its API that you talk to to work with it as a client app is different to Mastodon's. Um. So what that means is is if you have a CalcKey uh, account, you can't currently connect with TypeUri. Um, that will change
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because I'm using Test SDK, and within the SDK, what we're going to do is we're going to extend out the subsystem underneath to support Cal-key. Um And then when that happens, everybody who updates Test SDK will then be able to support it. Um, Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So why is it called CalKey? Is it about calculation or, and or keys?
1: Honestly, I have no idea. The one that preceded it was called Key. Then they had a split and this one's called
0: CalKey. Oh, they had a split, of course.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, uh, one of the reasons I think it's gotten so popular is because it is, um, it's quite fun. It's got a lot of whimsy in its web UI and mm-hmm. you can do… Interesting things like I can make a post and have text in the middle that spins if I want to,
0: or other. It is actually that... very helpful um, <laughs> for a lot of applications. So yeah, that my, my <laughs> uh, that other that other third party clients will support that.
1: <laughs> oh, this is it, right? I mean, you know, a lot of people viewing these posts through Ivory or any other um, client app from their Mastodon side, they never see this stuff, but it's just posts. By the way, if congrats
0: to Ice Cube's app for uh, winning the Swift uh, community award. Oh, that's cool. I, I didn't see that, um, but yeah, yeah that they, was awesome. Like, I was watching it pretty closely because Telemetry Deck was in another category, also nominated. Mm-hmm. Didn't win against Revenue Cat, which is fine because Revenue Cat—they're like quality people and they're really, really cool. Um, yeah. Um, next year though. Next year though. Uh and and I think both best open source app maybe was uh IceCube's app, which is also a mastodon client that's also pretty that, nice.
1: That's right,
0: yes. Um oh that's
1: cool. That's really cool. Um yeah,
0: I'll add, I'll add the, the list of the winners um to the to the show notes yeah. I
1: think. Yeah, for sure. Um they're they're um no, it's a good app and um it's definitely been been useful to have um they're open. They're, they're open source, and it's been useful to me for them. That what they've published, uh, because actually, when I was dis- building things up with Two Test DK, um, one of the things that we hit was displaying emojis in uh, in posts. It's actually a bit more involved than just going, "Hey, I want to display this text with some emojis in the middle of it." Um, and Ice Cubes is using a library called Emoji Text for that and so that helped me out being able to look at their code and go and go and find that um so that's that's actually been useful all the way through into type actually using that that
0: other library for emojis <laughs> very nice Speaking of, when is ivory going to support the stupid custom emoji? They they
1: (laughs) just need to use this library. I say that they don't because they're using UI kit, I believe, rather than Swift UI. But um, I
0: think it's all handcrafted UI kit in in Objective C, even. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very (laughs) artisanal app. I feel with them because like um, TabBots is just one developer and one designer. Yeah, and it's very similar to our situation. And oof, I tell you, like um, mm-hmm. somehow I added various ways that you can uh, um, that you can basically open GitHub issues or GitHub discussions from the UI because I want the feedback. Like the feedback right now is arriving via email, via Slack, and via fourteen different um, ch- channels. And I want people just to just feedback and bug report via via GitHub. Yes, and. But it also invites a lot of more feedback, which is awesome. But I'm so far behind. It's horrible. Like it's such a um, so if you if oh. you like wrote to me, just um I will read it. I might even answer, but it will take take some time. Oh. Um but I can tell you what I've been up to with Telemetry Deck over the last two yeah, uh, weeks. Uh so I finished the whole fu- or the final saga is more or less finished for now. There's a few um or a few improvements of course, like coming up, but um, so basically it works. Um, And so the next big thing that I really, really want to work on is um, AB testing. And that's for two reasons, because um, I'm actually going to present a, a talk about AB testing and and the theoretical backgrounds and how you should do it. Like uh, a platform agnostic, basically uh, at, um, App Defcon,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, in May, um, and I'm also uh, like <laughs> also. So many people have just asked me asked me to to add uh, A/B testing. It's just a really important feature, and so um, I wanted to really read into how to do that properly because other than like funnels are uh, conceptually pretty easy because. You see exactly from it, for, from each step to the next. You see, like, hey, um, like you're this this step has I don't know seventeen thousand users, and this next step has fifteen thousand users. So you see, like, oh yeah, number A is larger than number B. Um, yeah. But with funnels, what you really want to do is you want to have a decision, like which thing is better, and how do you specify better? Uh, you specify it by um, by basically giving you a, a, a confidence value and mm-hmm. how do you, how do you define that confidence value? And, um, I kind of fell into, into a rabbit hole because <clears throat> I'm about, about three, I, I have like, I have like three lectures from Stanford, Stanford data science course <laughs> now. And oh, MIT dude. has various data science, there's, there's, there's data science lectures that are really good and well presented as well. I, I yep. think I linked, I link the Stanford one, um, in the show notes. Um, But uh, so it turns out that uh, like that was one of the examples of the the Stanford lecture. And I I really stuck with me is like, when you do an, like, like imagine a hundred years ago, people would, for example, try to find out like which, um, which kind, which type of uh, 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 um, fertilizer. That's the word I was looking for. Which type of fertilizer is better for a field. So they would have like two parcels or maybe multiple lots, and mm-hmm. use the different fertilizers. And then at the end of the summer, they could look like which of these lots would yield more, um, grain or fruit or whatever they would plant there. Yes. And that completely works. And it gives you like, you can like calculate a p value, which is a probability value. Um, which is basically assume that the both fertilizers are e- exactly equal. Yeah. And then the deviation from that is your, um, your p-value basically. And you want, um, <clears throat> no, the uh, one minus, <laughs> so the deviation version from that is one minus p. Anyway, um, so that's easy because, or that's actually well done because before you start your experiment, you define how long it's going to run and at which point you will look at the data. Okay. And that gives you a pretty solid um, 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 like end result it will tell you like hey okay um fertilizer a is maybe 45% better than fertilizer b with yep. this amount of confidence let's say 95%. so that's yep. really cool. but um now, nowadays with uh, real time data what you usually have is people who who, who set up an ab test however you want to do that technically and then basically each day they will they will look at the data and they will go hey um this is okay. So, how is my prob- how is my p value today? How's my confidence today? Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it tomorrow again. Like I'm not, I'm gonna run it another day. But they yeah. basically wanna finish the test as soon as possible. So, mm-hmm. so, so they're just waiting until the confidence reaches a certain amount, and then yep. immediately they they stop the experiment because um, then you you wanna lock in what
1: you perceive the benefits are from A or B. And then move right. on to the next
0: test of a similar type. The thing is that because you didn't specify the amount of time the experiment will run at advance, the you, this 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 uh, confidence value will more or less fluctuate wildly while you are, uh, like like for every day, and it is a a, a mathematically very likely probability, about sixty percent, I think, mm-hmm. that. Even for an AA test that will like compare exactly the same thing to itself, it will reach an over 95% probability that one thing is clearly better than the other. Oh, if you God. look at it every day over the yes. course of the thing, the more times you look at um, your test, uh, mm-hmm. the more chances you get for a false positive. And you really don't want that. And uh, no. so there are, um, <laughs> so um so there are incredibly complicated ways of dealing with that and i've i've read into those and they are hard um yeah and they are well then they're hard to understand i think they're not that hard to implement yeah um but still like this is this is i think this is so interesting like i I never knew that there was this whole rabbit hole down there some massive and, rabbit hole <laughs> and i felt like i was pretty well versed in statistics already um but no there's like there's like um just universes in the out there that i don't even know about um so yeah i think what i'm going to do regarding implementation is at first just implement it the naive way yeah and maybe i'm going to try to force people to commit to a date at which they will um actually uh, evaluate the data or mm-hmm. maybe we'll just like um have a little note that says hey this confidence value uh don't rely on it yet yes uh, because then i can basically just add the nicer implementation of the really good confidence value um add that later
1: you need to really simplify it i think in terms of of the um like sort of I think, in experience. the end, the,
0: the the UI for it will be very simple because it will it will just say, "Hey, A is better than B, or B is better than A," with I don't know X percent confidence, yep. or it will say, "I don't have enough data; you should wait a wait a little while." Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. And I think that's what 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 needs to needs to be happening. Yeah. If I want to be clever about it, I can also uh, like chart the changing confidence over time. To show that, to show that it's actually varying a, a, a lot and to maybe encourage people to wait until it kind of settles down mm-hmm. into, into a specific um, part of the chart and not swing so wi- wildly. I don't know. But yeah. yeah, the idea is to have a lot of complexity kind of hidden. Yep. Especially since with the first implementation, I'm going to ask people to deal themselves with, um, putting people into cohorts so basically yep. deciding whether whether a user is in group a or in group b and then just telling me and also um, um just what what like, what is the like what are the features that are that are being switched i also don't know like um those <laughs> are maybe features in the future on the roadmap just like yep. you know like feature flag uh feature flags or uh cohort management But that's a completely other topic, and I want to do uh, just the algorithms first. And uh, first, and I think that's already helpful and useful, even if you just have to roll a random dice or something to decide which group your user falls into.
1: I think there's a lot of utility in that straight off the bat, and I think that you can you can home in on the sort of final, like you know, you can iterate on this. Essentially, you can you can Mm -hmm. A B test yourself in one way or another. I guess in terms of what what the uh, outcomes are that are going to be needed for the UI and, and how people are going to work with it. Um, oh yeah. But Especially I,
0: since it turns out that um, like just all with all the feedback, like it's really good to, it's really nice to iterate and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm just trying to think there's a new use case I've got for this sort of almost immediately in some mm-hmm. ways. Um, and I don't know how this fits actually, because this is, my use case would be around pricing with my app and what people uh, go for. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've done various updates to the the pricing for go VJ, for example, which has a, a monthly subscription an annual subscription, and then a lifetime unlock for pro mode. Right. right so you, you can have it always. If you want to just pay once, it's a bit more money, um, mm-hmm. but you can do that. And um, I've, I've, you know, Iterated that just by tweaking it manually, but I've had nothing other than looking at revenue and going, am I happy with this now? Um, to sort of indicate how much better like one changes over the other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that would be interested in, interesting in the cohort definition, because actually it'd be after a time-based definition rather than a uh, picking a or B at the time. Right. Um, it's, uh, I want to compare the last three months against what I've done since the change and then have some confidence as to whether this change is better than what was there before. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how I've been doing it so far with, with AB testing as you're describing it. I know what I could do now is I could have, uh, if I wanted to, I could have different, um, different subscriptions and um, in-app purchases that people could buy. Mm-hmm. Um, at different prices, and I could literally pick one or the other to put in front of people and A/B test it. Um, yeah, m- exactly. build up my cohort in real
0: time in that way. So what you what you what you described before with the with the. Um... The time based A B testing. That's yep. kind of how a lot of people do it. Like, right, they, they, they change stuff and they just, they just look how their charts develop. And yep. in theory, you could, you could even, um, put that into an A B test where you just like say, Hey, cohort A is just everyone who's using version 1.0 and cohort yep. B is just everyone who's using 1.1. And, mm-hmm. um, it's not like comparing. Uh, day by day, so it, it it could and it could totally just compare the two values and give you a, give you an exa- give you an answer. Yeah, but of course with these time based things, um, it's always a little bit harder because you have so many variables that you can't control.
1: Yes, that yes.
0: are kind of if you if you run it side by side, it's kind of you can kind of um like just ignore a lot of them because they're going to wash be washed out because they're going to be random for both sides, right? Yes. Um, other than that, I think. Uh, um, experimenting with pricing is always a little bit tricky. I think if you are a small app like Topiary is or GoVJ is, or even like Telemetry Deck still is, mm-hmm. because I'm always afraid, like I might be wrong, but I'm always afraid that someone uh will get annoyed because it feels li- like a little bit of uh, nickel and diming people. Like we yeah. did actually update our pricing. I, oh, I haven't, like, we haven't even talked about this. Uh, we, we slightly raised our prices and just yes. no one complained. It was, it was amazing. Like, <laughs>
1: Which, um, yeah. I mean, that's what you want that, that that's a case of like, well, I'm clearly providing value right. even at this higher price. And that's, um, that's cool.
0: Yeah. So we now started 19 euros for yeah. almost twice the signal though. So uh, yeah, it was a slight price increase. I don't, I want to say like 10 ish percent or so, mm-hmm. uh, but you get way more stops in between and it is nice. Um, that's cool. Anyway, Yeah. So what I'm always afraid of is is, is like, if I just actually, actually a B test prices, then I'm kind of like, Oh, that people will start, especially with an iOS app, they will start like post the screenshots and everything because they want to discuss the different, uh, um, like payment pages and stuff like that. And if they have different prices, like people start talking like, yeah, is he taking us for a ride? You know, yes. Um, so that that would be a tiny bit maybe uncomfortable it would,
1: so i probably wouldn't this is this is the thing right i would sooner do this as a time-based test rather than a literal a b test um because of that right because if uh, to my mind I, I only want one set of prices live at any right. time um and the only variance i want to give is if I, I do the thing where you can um i believe you can alter the level the price is at for different countries um, and I might just differentiate in that way. Oh yeah, you know. A good idea. For example, anybody wanting to buy my app in the Ukraine in Ukraine right now, um, I would probably want to make that cheaper, right? They're they're going through a lot, um, no. you know. So there's 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 things like that. Um, but other other than that, like I don't want it to be a case of like, oh, if I load it today, it's this. If I load it. You know, within ten seconds of that, it becomes yeah. something else. Or two people side by side. What you side could do, side. of course,
0: is um, uh, just, like, just just A/B test the whole the whole presentation, or whether you start, whether you show the yearly prices first or the monthly yes. prices first, or whatever. And um, yeah, that's like completely possible with the whole yeah with the whole framework and everything. And and, you know, A B test different types
1: of, of screen as well, because I've done that. I've had a couple of different right. goes of this paywall. Um I don't want to get too hung up on on this particular aspect of it. I think everybody gets what I'm on about here, but um that's that's sort of my immediate go to use is like, okay, have I got my pricing right? And I think that the the what you said before about locking in on an app version and just using that to differentiate. I think that would be enough for me right now. Is mm-hmm. I go okay? I'm, you know, going to ship version X, and then when version Y ships, I'm going to put the price up or do whatever the change is, and then compare the the data from those two. That that would probably be enough for me to to be able to make an informed decision. Uh, certainly after after enough time has passed, you know. Yeah, uh, that but the totally, reason
0: that totally makes sense.
1: The, the reason I bring it up though is because. Whenever I've made these changes, my gut feel has always been it needs at least sort of two to four weeks before I really know whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. um, because it's a small app and because that that noise of some days I get nothing, some days I get several people buy it all at once. You know, um, it's it's never steady. Um, so what you're describing about needing the right amount of time to be confident that that intuitively makes sense to me because I've, I've seen that with, with adjusting my pricing uh, before. Right.
0: That's, yeah. that's good that it makes uh intuitive sense because while I explained it to you, I, I realized that, Oh, I cannot, <clears throat> I cannot dis, uh, explain it in depth yet. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I cannot explain it in depth yet. So that means I need to dive deeper into this because I want to be able to really explain it to people in a way that is very understandable. Um, And especially like how do I get proper confidence values? I have in my mind various um, charts with converging values. Like if you imagine like the chart for one over X that kind of converges towards zero, but never reaches it. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of my my boundary for the confidence that I need. And if I ever go over this, then it means, oh yeah, this is probably, uh, there's actually probably a difference between the two values, but I'm kind of stumbling over the details right now. So I need to (laughs) do more research. I need to to be more clear in my head so that I can really explain this. It's going to be YouTube video and everything.
1: Excellent. So that's, I mean, to be honest, Daniel, that is also part of the value that you're providing through all of this right is that you can go down the rabbit hole <laughs> figure all of this mm. stuff out get it and then distill it down to something that i can use without having to know any of that sort of depth right. other than just go thumb <laughs> up thumb down yeah you know the thing is
0: the thing is like so many people like i i have the whole telemetry query language tql right or tickle people are starting to call toilet tickle which i love uh, even though there's <laughs> also already tcl which is pronounced tickle but i digress yeah. anyway so p it was always kind of intended as like an escape hatch for the very few cases where it's like where you like need something that the ui doesn't provide but people are just jumping in there and then it's too complicated for them because they haven't listened to stanford lectures on data science for the last uh, month or two yeah um and then they ask me questions, and I'm like, oh, this is a really good question, and I don't really have a good answer right now, and I would have to research <laughs> it for an hour. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I can't do that. So um, I'm thinking about it. I know we want to end the episode in a few minutes, uh, yep. but I'm I'm still – so I'm not going to go into that now, but I think at some point in the near future, I need to have a way how people can – exchange and discuss telemetry deck query recipes. Yes. So either I have to write something myself or maybe you have a Stack Overflow community or something like that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm still trying to, to find something that's, that's not a lot of work, but it's very helpful in that regard. Um, you, sorry if you to, as a listener have a suggestion, I'd be very open to hearing it.
1: I'm so, so sorry to jump straight into solution mode, but this... this oh, please. To my mind, I would I would be looking at setting up um, a discourse server, probably, um, simply because You're
0: discourse, not Discord, right? That's discourse, right. Yes, discourse. Also, Stack Overflow uh, founder, what's his name? Coding Jeff. Yeah. Something.
1: Yeah. Um, and and the reason for that for me is that um, I think they may well be becoming federated at some point they're looking into to that side of stuff and that, that becomes quite interesting because that means you can then follow discussions and things potentially through your Mastodon clients um, and all of that side of stuff. So there's a bit of me looks at discourse and sort of goes, if I wanted something kind of forum shaped right now to sort of trap discussion and provide reference points for people to come back to, mm-hmm. I think it could be really quite useful for that. That huh. doesn't, so I'm not sure
0: that? if I'm 100% convinced yet yeah. because I'm not sure that I want something forum-like. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, um, I'm using I'm using this uh, CMS called Sanity, and they have a recipes page, and that's really cool, but um, that's not very forum-y. It's more like um, how you have a gallery of GitHub Actions, for example. Yes. Um, I have to think about it some more because that would mean – like like coding it by hand and mm-hmm. i i i'm already coding way too much
1: you've only got two hands <sighs> only got two
0: hands um yeah chat gpt is not super helpful and yeah yeah well oh well
1: us and our two hands each uh need to <laughs> get on that sounds really weird now i've said it out loud <laughs> <laughs> uh but on that note i think um i'm gonna have to start my day and um and get into everything here and it's right when we record uh we're always at opposite ends of the day because of the fact we're opposite ends of the planet so uh yeah i'm
0: starting my day you're finishing yours i am yeah but Dave, it has been amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm always having, having so much fun like, talking to you. So p- tell people where people can find you and give you even more um, stuff to talk about.
1: Cool. Um, so on Mastodon or the Fediverse, we really need a better name that just incorporates everything. It is the Fediverse, but nobody seems to, people know Mastodon better. Um, but I'm at David Gary Wood at social.davidgarywood.com. And then if you want to check out uh, Topiary, easiest way other than searching in the App Store and looking for a green icon that's got a pair of scissors at the moment, it will be a tree on the next update. so That's nicer. Um, but um, the easiest way to find it is to go to lightbeamapps.com slash topiary. And again, as we've been saying through the show, we'll pull all these things together in the show notes as links. Uh, but Daniel, what about yourself, mate?
0: Right. Uh, so if you're in a car right now, just like, just toot toot your horn. That's the easiest way to reach me. Um, <laughs> if you are in front of a device that's capable of accessing Mastodon, you can, um, find me at Daniel at social.telemetrydeck.com. You can also go to telemetrydeck.com if you want to, uh, hear more about Telemetry Deck. And I think that's all the places. I don't have Blue Sky. I don't have Twitter really anymore. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Fantastic. I'm going to say bye. Go for it. Bye.